Hello, and the biggest of welcomes to this woman's work, a space where you can hear and read about some amazing women, the fantastic jobs they do, and the paths that have led them to where they are today. I'm here today with Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi. Could you tell the lovely listener what it is you do for a living? I'm a communications consultant, so um, there's very little I I don't do in my working day. Wow. (laughs) Okay, so you work for, you've got clients and you work... Yeah, so um, I've been working in this role for roughly 25 years. Wow. So uh, it started out as straight up PR, so PR in the fashion business. Yeah. And, you know, as the years have gone on, I've progressed skills and upskilled. So, uh, yeah, I, the no, no day is the same, really. Yeah. Um, and I think um, if you ask most uh, communications experts, they will always say, you know, sort of, what do I not do? Yeah. <laughs> it's very varied. And, and just managing clients is, is probably the biggest part of that. That's right, it? yeah. <laughs> Tricky clients. I'm saying that having been one <laughs> and been done, done a similar thing myself. Okay, so before we go more into that, at this point I always then go back and say, okay, so Jen, at school, college, what were you like? What were your interests? Okay, uh, probably a little bit different to a lot of your, uh, your, your guests because um, I was pretty naughty. Right. Um, I definitely was against the grain. Uh, If you probably, if if you did sort of diagnose me at that time, I probably had all sorts of things going on. Yeah, multiple (laughs) spectrums. But we left it undiagnosed. (laughs) And um, yeah, I was wherever the fun was at. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's kind of, it could have in some way led me to the career I have today. Yeah. Um, But at school, um, all I could think about was... uh, when I was going to leave. Yeah. Um, so academia, so academia wasn't academia for you. Academia really wasn't for me. Um, and I think probably the teachers would have been quite happy to see the back of me too. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't easy to teach oh. um, at that stage. I just, yeah, like I said, I just saw going to school as a place where you have fun. Yeah. So um, that continued. I, I sort of left school as, as as soon as I possibly could at 16. I went on to do um, something at, uh, I went to college and I really had no idea what I wanted to, what I saw myself doing. So I sort of looked up a few courses and I thought, oh yeah, well, leisure and tourism. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like to travel. Yeah. I like fun. So yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. Let's go with that. So obviously, um, so I went off to college at, um, in Devon and um, didn't really last very long. I was definitely still following the fun trail. So um, I realised very quickly that I it wasn't really going to work. So um, I just really was inspired by the idea of, of sort of leaving this sort of quiet coastal part of the world yeah. and, um, and seeing the bright lights of London. So I very swiftly sort of packed up my uh, bags, got a friend to deliver me to London. At, what, I mean, what did your parents say about this? Were they okay about it? I mean, they were terrified, yeah. but there was nothing that they so were So you're what, say. sort of 17, 18 at this well, point? Well, I was actually not even 17. Ah, In fact, so I, just that first year of college... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. It really the college lasted a matter of months, and then I just, just yeah, knew. yeah, it just I had to go. So um, 
yeah, so I, I managed to get myself a, a job in a pizza restaurant. Brilliant. Just to sort of, to allow, to afford me a, a bedsit in, in Streatham is where it all took yeah, place. Yeah, okay. So I went from South Devon to Streatham, and I can tell you Streatham was quite a different place at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, if I, if one of my children, for instance, right now asked me, I've got a 16-year-old now, if she, <gasps> if she had the same idea, I would be literally be- beside myself. I, I think I think at that you don't really know an awful lot about the world at that age. No. You think you do. So I can understand why my parents were absolutely terrified. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's sort of, that's where it all began, really. Um, and yeah. uh, I sort of, the pizza restaurant didn't work out. <laughs> I'm not a great server of food, it no, turns right. out. It's yeah. just not really something I'm particularly good at. Yeah. Um, so the sort of... I, I decided, right, that's it. I've got to move on from this job. So I literally managed to scrape the money together to buy myself a, a suit. I remember the suit so well. It was wow. a pinstripe suit. It was grey. It was just, yeah, not So this great. is what, like, early to mid-90s? So It was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It probably Which would have been about so, I'm just asking that because that would be so trendy right now. Have you seen all the girls today just walking around in their 90s stuff that we all wore in the <laughs> yeah, 90s? It all comes around, It does. It? Um, yeah, and I just sort of took myself off. Um, on the train, and I thought, right, where am I going to go? Try and find a job, get a wow. better job. I landed in Covent Garden, and um, I'd always quite fancied the idea of the fashion business. Um, it kind of went hand in hand with the sort of person that I was at that time, which was probably a bit of a raver, to be fair. Yeah. Early enough. 90s raver. Yeah, brilliant. So, um, you know, I thought, oh, maybe I could go and check out some of these fashion stores in, in Covent Garden. So I... I went to two different places. Um, I went to... The first stop was uh, Paul Smith. Yeah. Which was an experience. And I felt absolutely fine to just strut straight up to the... Well, it, he actually happened to be the um, the assistant manager in the shop at the time. His name, name was James. Um, oh, gosh, wow. And I sort of walked up to him and I said, uh, well, are there any jobs going here? I'm looking for work. Just straight off the back. Uh, here's my CV, uh, and he sort of introduced me to the manager. It just so happened that um, there was a, a new shop being opened, which was the Paul Smith Women's Shop. It was the ah. very first time they had presented women's wear. Wow. Um, and I was immediately taken to meet the uh, the new manager of that shop. We had a very... Well, in the same store? So this yeah. was all in the... Yeah. Wow. It was like his first, uh, Paul Smith's first store on Floral <gasps> Street. Wow. Um, before he was huge, basically. Yeah, yeah. It was the first time he presented women's wear. You know, he's... And he has a women's wear product all over the world now. Um, it was before he did a fragrance or any of yeah, those deals. Yeah. Um, so it's a really amazing time to discover this brand. And, um, you know, I, I pretty informally got a job there and then. You know, Paul Smith was the best place that I could have ever started my journey, to be wow. fair. Wow. Um, the... Uh, the people that I met during that time, I still speak to today. And right. we still bounce off each other and pass work each other's way. Gosh, you know, wow. it's it was a really amazing family vibe. So how long so you were just 
So working in the shop, though. So I was working in the store. Um, for how long? Four years. So wow. I worked in the shop for majority of that. So, but I had to sort of tell a little white lie because I was a bit too young, really, to have such a job. Yeah. So I sort of told them I was a little bit older than I than I um, than right. I was, like one year. So I had to have two twenty-first birthdays. <laughs> The whole time they knew, they thought you were that. They did. Yeah. They I mean, did. one year is not it was gone. A Let's face yeah. it. Get <laughs> our age now. That's just not. I mean, we do everything we can to say we're a bit younger. Yeah, now totally. These days. You just crazy. you were just ahead of the curve. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So then I sort of progressed. I realised, you know, it was an amazing place to be, the house of Paul Smith. But um, I realised that I wanted to. My passion lay, lay in sort of PR side. Yeah. I wanted to get off the shop floor and start the the ball rolling on the, the PR game. So I did actually, towards the end of my time at Paul Smith, I was given the opportunity to work in the press office for um, wow. and do some work experience there. Yes. Side by side with my job in the um, in the shop. And it sort of all rolled on from there, really. Wow. Yeah. So then, so you were then in-house for Paul Smith for an... For so in-house for Paul Smith for like a literally like a, a month or so like okay. just doing but then I actually got headhunted very wow. quickly to go to a PR agency through somebody I worked with at Paul Smith actually she left to to sort of work at this uh new PR agency um Brower Lewis it was called um wow so, so you're like what 21 22 at this point yeah. yeah yeah um so I just went over there really and I wasn't afraid of hard work I never have been so I literally started at the very bottom and just worked really hard. Yeah. I like yeah. I really worked hard because of course I hadn't had that sort of traditional training. Yeah. And I hadn't been to university. And you were aware of that, so you and knew. And I was aware had... of that. And I knew that I didn't want to do that. It wasn't my my place. It yeah. wasn't my vibe. I just wasn't interested. Um but you know, I suppose working in that way, starting from the very bottom and working your absolute arse off, I think you, that's 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 mm. the same thing really, isn't it? It in is, fact, it is. what I found by the time I was sort of 23, I surpassed a lot of my peers who were coming say, out of university. Yeah. We did amazing things. I mean, we had amazing clients. So yeah. we launched Jimmy Choo <gasps> to the whole, the internationally. Yeah. Um, we had some fantastic, really, really sought after designers, like um, high end catwalk designers um, who showed collections all around the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a really, really fun start to the PR game and yeah. um, just got my attention from the word go because it was everything I wanted, really. Yeah. It was uh, really fun, exciting. Um, very different every single day and then I progressed in that agency and managed to work my way up to account manager and then I was head headhunted again actually oh so hell. yeah I mean it's a small industry isn't it so you know you do tend that he- tends to happen yeah yeah um so I went then to another PR agency was which was a bit bigger a bit more corporate and we did all sorts of things there from, well, I, I managed a lot of the women's wear accounts. And so we were traveling around, you know, throwing shows for the different designers we looked after in, yeah. in Paris, Milan, 
York, you know, it was amazing. And, you know, we did divert such a diverse list of clients. So I would look after the women's wear, um, you know, designers. But then in addition to that, I would be pulled into strategy meetings or new proposal, business proposals, because... Yeah, so pitches and things like that, yeah. And I've never felt like you know, people get scared about what they're going to say. And I just blurt it out, which is probably not such a great idea sometimes. But it does really work well in yeah. settings where, you know, you really have to come up with amazing, like, one-off um, I ideas. It's going to be different. That's, that's yeah. really going to get their attention. Yeah. So, for instance, we launched the very first, the very first ever supermarket fashion brand, um, George Asda. Oh, yes, yeah. So we... It was just pretty groundbreaking. I feel that we, we kind of came up with all of the ideas that the whole strategy that saw the complete launch of that brand. Wow! Um, yeah, I mean that was pretty amazing. I'm, you know, obviously it's it's crazy to think of the things that we we did at that time, particularly as my I've got such a big interest and focus on sustainability and yeah. have done for the last 15 years yeah. so well back then Asda did not scream it was didn't. very well it was sort of cheap and you know but well yeah. we didn't think about such no. things which is absolutely crazy I just don't understand where we thought everything was going to go and then after that a headhunting situation again yep I went on to work with um a really big shoe designer Patrick Cox yes um, Patrick and I worked hand in it sort of side by side for... Oh, so just in-house then? You went yeah, in-house then? I went okay. in-house, yeah. I was... Um, so Patrick... Um, well, that was a really exciting time yeah. as well. I mean, he obviously is a very, you know... He knows all of the film stars and the, you know, huge music stars. Yeah. So it was a very starry moment, I, re- I, I guess. <gasps> we, we had some really fun times. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, I was I was responsible for his uh, communications worldwide. So you know, wow. we were in Paris every other week. You know, we uh, were produced, uh, were presenting collections in New York on a constant basis. Like it really was a very exciting time. Yeah. Uh, and then after the Patrick Cox four years of Patrick Cox, I was pretty burnt out actually. Yeah, because it was. Yeah, I was burning the candle. Yeah, yeah. At both ends, very much so. And lots of parties, lots of entertaining, yeah. lots of high life. It was a very high maintenance lifestyle. And yeah. actually, if the truth be known, I'm not a high maintenance kind of girl. No. I, I'm like very, a good time, but you're happy for it to be. Totally. But, you know, relaxed. the humble beginnings of Devon is just, it's ingrained in me. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely the sort of girl that would turn up to a party, everyone's pristine, and I've missed a little bit of mud on my heel. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes for good conversation, you know, I bet, doesn't it? It does, I guess. But, you know, always a bit dishevelled, unfortunately. Um, but, um, yeah, I just realised, actually, Jen, this is all a bit crazy. You know, maybe it's time to do things your own way a little bit and at that point there I just decided I just thought I'm going to make this work for me a little bit better so when people talk about work-life balance I definitely was a I I started forging that work-life balance right there so that's quite a while ago so that's again it wasn't discussed really back then was it really and um I when I by the time I left there I was 30 
Yeah. 30. I just had my 30th massive big 30th birthday party in a field festival. Oh, brilliant. And then uh, I left Patrick Cox and and I went freelance. I was probably one of the first people in the in my industry to go freelance yeah. and just decide I'm going to do this as a sort of freelance situation. So yeah. actually that the month that I left and started doing my own stuff, I had the most successful month of my whole career really wow. in terms of income yeah I continued sort of working with designers still in London you stayed in London in London yeah, yeah. uh designers and you know I had people you know clients throughout Europe yeah and I was sort of at any one time I probably had about five clients yeah to sort of well, service still quite a lot though isn't which it which is a lot but you know I was I was really good at spinning a lot of plates at that Were time you? yeah and somehow you just get through all that and you just you just do it without thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then shortly after that, sort of, actually, it was two months into my freelance career that I realised I was pregnant. Oh, wow. Which was a very, very lovely surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't really, it was a surprise and a shock to the system because yeah. I immediately had to stop being crazy party so gen. On. Yeah. And I needed to obviously look after yeah. this little thing that's in my tummy growing. So um everything just stopped. I became uninvited by all of my friends. I was pretty <gasps> upset about that. Really? <laughs> it was an overnight situation. Oh, she's gotta behave now. She's yeah. gonna have to um hang the party hat up for the little while. So uh, yeah, I um, a lot changed, but yeah. So had baby and then little Mabel and uh, yeah, quite a lot changed yeah. at that point. We all go through this. I know, um, especially seeing as you're self-employed technically at this point. So yeah. there's no Mac leave, is it? There's no nothing like that. So not really. No. Did you just take a couple of months off and then, or, or did I you just, just sort of took? I took six months off. Yeah. And I just saved. and didn't do anything. Obviously, I was aware that I was pregnant for a number of months. Yeah. So. <laughs> so you for it. You prepped. So yeah, I just saved, 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 and yeah. my other half, Mark, um, did the same, and and he continued working, and so um, yeah, we kind of covered ourselves from maternity, yeah. and then I was back to work at six months, and yeah, just kept rolling really. Yeah. then did you think okay time to move back um, to uh, the coast so uh what happened was I lost my dad my maternal dad and um he uh I'm half Portuguese he was he right. was in Portugal and I um had had Mabel Mabel was 18 months old and he and he did die so I at that point there I just felt like I really needed to try to look to look after my granny who who was still right. in Portugal on her own okay yeah so myself and my you know my husband and uh, my uh, Mabel we we moved to Lisbon oh, actually wow. which was an amazing time Gosh. I'm so so pleased that we did it because yeah we saw a lot of my my granny um and then at the same time we just carved this beautiful 
bit of time out. Together. I was doing sort of a couple of days a week, I think, from Lisbon. Wow. And you know, and flying girl. where you needed to go if yeah, you had to go anywhere. If I needed yeah. to fly in, then I, yeah. I could do that. Um, but on the whole, most of my work could happen right there in my apartment in Lisbon. So it was wonderful. And it was the, you know, again, it was the first, it was kind of quite early days in that whole idea that someone can work from remotely, oh, yeah. from anywhere. So, God, you know. Look at you ahead of the curve again. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and that was all, like I mentioned earlier, like leaving Patrick Cox and, and really wanting to carve a better life. Yeah. And, and I guess that is something we should all be doing. Yeah. Wow. You know, is this working for me? Is this working for myself, like our family? Like, is this making me happy? I mean, one of my the questions I always ask people is, you know, what do you think, what skills do you think you've got, like natural mm. or that you've learned that, that have made your career what it is? Mm. And obviously just listening to them, I'm already, you know, you're quite clearly brave you're you're happy to st- <laughs> at Maybe 16 rocket to learn well no i think it's it's an <coughs> do you know what it, it at its core is that just a belief in yourself yeah and that is so so important so then what brought you back then so uh we got pregnant with our second daughter and um it was quite hard to sort of do that whole process in a country which you wouldn't believe it, it, you know, Lisbon at that time was relatively, it was relatively, it was pretty third world. Yeah. Well, I wasn't speaking the same language yeah. <laughs> as the, um, as I was going to check up on the, on my doctors, the baby yeah. and doctors yeah. and the midwives. And, you know, it was very hard because I, I'm not fluent Portuguese yeah. speaker. So I found myself combining my midwife appointments with work appointments in London, right. flying back. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and then we sort of visited. We we, we decided we were going to have uh, Beatrice in, in in England. So we had right. we, we flew back um, at that all-important time. Yeah. And um, we were here in Devon and sort of uh, just said, do you know what, let's just stay here. Yeah. <laughs> Life is so much easier. And with two children, young children as well. And having a support network. My mum was here. Yeah. And we just... So we ended up staying by just by accident, really. And yeah. we're still here now. And we've had our third, uh, our son. And, yeah, just life has been rolling. Freelance life. And and so I've gone on to do a couple of other pretty crazy things in, in my career. Um and then I thought I might have a little uh, change. Uh, yeah. uh, like it, two years ago, I just thought, oh, am I going to continue working in the fashion business? Like, let's just sort of dip the toe in and see what other industries might look like. Yeah. Two or three years ago, I can't remember. Um, so I, I just sort of noticed this role being advertised, um, head of communications at Boomtown. Festival. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And I thought, I've done that role before in the fashion business. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably quite different, very different, a totally different scene for me. Yeah. Music, festivals. Um, but it but is a love a, of yours. Yeah, but yeah, it's a space that I love. Yeah. And um, why not? You know, I was so lucky. I did. I got the role, which was very, very exciting. Um, wow. I was super excited about that. Um I think that the uh, position started and I was, and 
oh, wow, it was a lot to get my teeth into. Yes. Everything was new and everything... Was this covid as well? Was this... It was the first show that they put on after COVID. After COVID, so... So it was the reset. Bit of a strange new world. It yeah. was the... Well, it was a strange world anyway. Well, we had quite. Yeah, I bit off a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, and, but I did do the whole cycle. I wanted to see the whole year through to see from start to finish what I was dealing with. Yeah. Which I did do. The festival itself was uh, an immense experience. I think I might have a bit of PTSD. <laughs> Uh, from wow. that still and that's because I feel like coming from you that's saying something it really you is feel like you're, you're quite tough I am I am but clearly not tough enough for that industry I don't think wow. I mean I, I was expecting the role as head of communications to be it was very creative but yeah. I was expecting it to be entirely creative and I think that's the mistake I made because actually as head of communications obviously for a huge festival 70,000 people there's a lot of politics well, it's not the politics. Oh. It's the it's it's more the um, crisis communications. Oh right. Always, you know, the crisis side of the festival is obviously huge, huge. Yeah. And I hadn't prepared myself for that. Well, crisis communications are, is different in yeah, every sector, isn't it? It is. Yeah. In the fashion business, I you know obviously crisis communications I can deal with in yeah, that sector, yeah. but when it comes to life and for death, death yeah. That is a really, that's quite a, a yeah. frightening situation. And, oh, and yeah, as much as I loved it, I had to move on. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that brings me to today, really. In the last couple of years, I've continued to service my freelance clients. Um, I have um, an ongoing, so I, I still continue to work in the emerging sector of the yeah, fashion business. Yeah, because it's where your heart lies, yeah. And also the... Um, sustainable side of everything so um i've got a number of you know clients that work in the environmental sector often we talk about i ask people about the process or to touch on a bit about getting qualified and stuff but you very much described your route in as very hands-on on the job have you ever done any qualifications in... i haven't no no i no, really no, haven't that's and, okay. I, and perhaps i should perhaps i should and i have started thinking about doing diff i mean again not necessarily in the world of communications um, because I do feel I've earned my stripes. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, you know it. And I'm, yeah. I'm very agile. I'm very, you know, keen to know what the new things are. So I keep ahead of that as yeah. much as humanly possible. But um, other things that I've decided. I mean, I've, I feel like I'd like to do something creatively with my hands at the moment. And oh, I don't know okay. if that's just a getting yeah. old thing. Well, or, or it's just this creative gene in you yeah, that just needs to be expressed. Maybe. So I we are thinking about doing something on homeware at the moment. I'm and I'm also wow. thinking about sort of um, learning how to um, do upholstery. Yeah. So that's something I'd like to explore. Well, I mean, whatever you create, let's be honest about it, you're going to be very good at marketing it, aren't you? Well, let's hope so. <laughs> That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> Oh, okay. So um, we've talked a bit about your positive skills. One thing I haven't asked you is, I guess, what challenging skills or challenging parts of you have always made this a bit tricky for you? Mm. A couple of things. Um, one is uh, I like to move quickly. I like to move, you know, swiftly. And... Um, with clients, you know, I 
if I come up with an idea, I like to know what the response is to that yeah. idea. And I like to, you know, keep the ball rolling and move with poise. And, you know, I want to get the job done. Yeah. And quite often, particularly if you're working with more corporate client, you know, that's just not possible. No. The teams are huge on the other side. And the approval process. And approval is process long. can oh. be such a long. Yeah. Unfortunately, I do lose interest. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, so you're on to you want to your next idea I now, am, aren't you? I really yeah. am. I am. What has been the absolute best part of this so far, your whole career journey? Well... It doesn't have to be one thing. I just think the excitement of it all. I mean, I still get excited to this day. So, um, so I, I think that the fact that no day is the same is the most important thing to me yeah. in this. And um, you just never know what's coming. So I find that really exciting. I'm very much fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. But you've carved that out, haven't you? You've carved your career I out to I do have, that. Because yeah. a lot of people will just, you know, can make their lives more predictable if they want to, can't they? They Whereas can, you, and that's yeah. like the worst case Thank scenario you. for me. <laughs> and I, that actually leads me to the other thing that I was going to say about the challenge, my, you know, probably a bit of a challenge for the sort of person I am is um, I do tend to like work in quite highly stressful situations. So I can, ah. I can, I always think I can achieve a lot more yeah. than, and than is possible. Right. Okay. So I set myself up. So you've got sometimes. this self-belief that's going, yeah, I can do yeah. it. I can do this. <laughs> and then sometimes comes... I set myself up for, wow, this is going to be a very stressful situation. Right. And I do thrive in that yeah. situation. However, other people don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to, yeah, I try to be mindful of that and not pile too much stress onto um, an already fairly can't take it. stressful yeah. situation. Okay. What's been not the worst part of your career, but the bit that maybe you've enjoyed the least or the bit that's been... Um, I think that I am not really cut out for corporate companies. Yeah. I like to work in smaller settings because, like we were talking about just now, like, uh, decisions get made quicker. Can you think of a strangest oh. thing that's happened Look, to you? Look, I can. I don't know if your listener is going to enjoy this story <laughs> I'm already... I can't wait. But I did... Uh, do a show in London. I won't mention the, I won't mention the organisation um, because they might find it a bit embarrassing. But um, uh, we did, yeah. I was sort of um, looking after this show in London, and uh, I had some really cool editors there, obviously. And you know, the show went really well. But then after the show, um, one of the key editors had gone to the loo. And I was then catapulted into this whole situation whereby someone had actually taken a poo on the floor of that loo. Oh, gosh, I did not think any of this story was going there. <laughs> and, and I had to deal what, with that What, they just matter. missed the toilet? Or... Have, who, who knows? It... If anyone can answer that question for me... <laughs> Someone out there may have to this day. To this. I'm racking my brains. Wow! Because you're in this high fashion, luxurious setting, and someone has had a poo on the floor in the loo. What's next? 
well, we've already sort of talked a little bit about you might sort of start well, immersing yourself are... into your creative Yeah, space. so I want to sort of spread the love a little bit. I'd really like to, yeah, I've got, I, I, I want to spin less plates. Yeah. I'd like to do work. I want to continue to do work, that, but more in, in a more deep and meaningful kind of way. So I have my clients that I will continue to work with in that way and have been for, for a number of years now. And then, yeah, like I said, start learn, learn some new skills. Um, and then I've got a couple of very interesting conversations going on at the moment. Wow. Which I can't really discuss right now. My last two questions are always a bit of advice you would give your younger self. Mm. So that sort of, whether it's the... the the gen at school kind of really not enjoying it, um, or even that the 16-year-old landing in London? Yeah, I would say for this generation, because I would say just be ready to work really hard. Like, wow. if, you, if you want to make it, whether you've been to university or you've worked from the bottom like I did, or you've just got to be prepared to roll your sleeves up and work your absolute heart out yeah because that is noticed that goes far and beyond any qualifications you might have your work ethic is paramount well my final question is always a bit of life advice to throw out there which you've sort of almost touched on but I don't know if you had any any other bits of just to women men anyone just life advice that I think that you would like to help just I mean it really is like the confidence thing again like work on that yeah like if you you don't feel feel, trust your gut yeah try and believe in yourself it's the only thing that's got me through yeah you know tenacity is also another thing I think that you know in as a you know in the career of a communications uh, consultant you know in all the very different varieties that 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 can be you know you do have to, um, you can't be too um, sensitive, unfortunately. Yeah. Sensitivity, there isn't a huge place for that in yeah. this world. Okay, yeah. Because you are constantly being challenged. Yeah. And constantly, you're, you, ha- you, do, you have to um, fight your corner a lot and um, get people onto your page to understand why you're thinking in a certain way and why certain things and strategies will be good for them, you know, almost convincing them that that is. So you do need to have balls of steel in this business. Get them, yeah. Yeah, and and if you haven't got that and you're absolutely desperately wanting to get into this workplace, then I would say find ways to work on that. Yeah. Um, And trust your gut. That's I, I know that I, I mean, it's such a simple thing that probably a lot of people say, but honestly, if we could all just do that a little bit more, we'd get so much further. Mm. Your inner voice, isn't it? It's sort of telling you what is the it's inner right voice for you. Shut the imposter out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a range of t-shirts should be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that actually. Oh well, look. Thank you very much, Jen. That has been fantastic. Thank you. I hope it was interesting enough to make the airwaves. If you would like to hear more about this chat, see some behind-the-scenes pics and some personal profile pics, plus read about how to get started in this industry and or this role, then please go and support us on Patreon. 
The link is on this podcast page and across all of our socials. Sincere thanks in advance.